0: Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Palachek.
1: Today, Jill Pater is going to take us to Bali. Hello, Jill.
2: Hello. (laughs) Uh,
1: How did Bali end up on your list of destinations to
2: visit? Bali's one of those places we've probably all heard about. It's probably on a lot of our viewers, you know, top five or top ten places to visit. And I can tell you that it's definitely worth it. I came across it. I was living in Chicago at the time. It was the dead of winter. I was in the car wash having my car, you know, de-iced because it was probably (laughs) jammed in a snowbank somewhere. And I'm sitting there looking at this old GQ magazine and they had a travel feature on Bali. And I, I turn the page and it's, it's a double page spread of an infinity pool, oh. um, you know, overlooking the rice paddies with steam coming up off the water. And I'm just like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this winter anymore. I'm going. And so I booked the trip. Wow. From that short car wash experience.
1: Wow. It was not
2: a you know, $20 car wash after that. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> a little more expensive, but I'll say. it was well worth it. Yeah.
1: Now, I know you researched the heck out of stuff. Um, what kinds of things did you start planning based on what you could find in advance of your, of your visit?
2: For me, one of the main attractions to Bali was all of the wellness options. So the wellness, you know, they're known for their food, the wellness drinks and tinctures that they do. It's a, it's a huge place for resorts, a lot, or, sorry, retreats, um, and resorts actually. And there's just, there's so much to offer in terms of wellness. Also the culture of Bali, Balinese Hinduism, has, you know, all these traditions and all these cool temples and places to visit. And there's, the people are so warm and friendly, friendly there. It's very easy to kind of, you know, inject yourself into the culture and into the society if that's what you want.
1: And uh, when you landed, what kinds of activities did you follow through on and, and, you know, really pursue wholeheartedly?
2: Pretty much all of them. Bali is one of those places that when you're there, however long you go for, whether it's five days, 10 days or two months, you're always going to want to extend. I've had friends that have gone there and ended up staying, you know, plan to go for five days and stay like two months or people that have actually stayed on and lived there. It's so wow. it's kind of a dangerous place in that it, it does suck you in. It has this amazing vibe to it. There's a great warmth to it. Um, it, and it's very accessible. I mean, it's a type of place you can go on all different types of budgets. Uh, massages start at, you know, $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. So you can have massages every day. You can do your beach thing. You can do the spirituality thing. You can surf. You can, I mean, there's just so much for everyone. And it's a it's a very beach chic um, place, uh, great for all different types of travelers. It's kind of like Malibu without the attitude. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so it, it appeals to a lot of different kinds of travelers, it sounds like. Is there, is there an age range that, that tends to like Bali best?
2: Uh, all ages. I mean, okay. everything from 20s on up because it's a spa resort. It's a luxury wellness destination resort. It's, it's great for surfers, um, people on, you know, like yogis love to go there. So it really can be, I mean, you can, you can approach it from all different angles. It, it appeals to a lot of different groups. I would say the one group that, you know, people who have difficulty with long flights, Bali probably coming from the US, isn't gonna be the first place I would send them to just because it is a longer flight. Um, but other than that, it, it has a lot of mass appeal. It's hard, it's hard not to like Bali.
1: Once you've made that time investment in the flights to get there, How long do you think is an ideal amount of time, given that some people don't have the flexibility of an open-ended ticket?
2: I would say minimum is 7 to 10 days. Okay. Minimum 7 to 10 days. The island is, it's a little bit difficult to get around in terms of traffic, so it takes longer than you might anticipate to get from one part of the island to the next, just due to the infrastructure of the roads. Um, So, you you just want to plan kind of conservatively, like not try to jam too much into one day, kind of explore the region you're in and then maybe spend a couple days elsewhere on the island. Among those seven days,
1: if that's your your allotment, what are maybe the top three recommendations you, you personally would have? definitely hit these three in your seven days. Well,
2: even though it's an island, you know, people obviously probably think of Bali more in terms of beaches, but one of my favorite parts of the island was Uba, the center island. It's usually most people's kind of first stop. Um, That was one of my favorites, just even biking or walking through the rice paddies there. Uh, Certainly the Balinese traditional ceremonies, they're known for the fire dances and the temples and that is a huge attraction. The food, for me, is a big one. I love spicy food. If you don't like spicy food, there still have plenty of options in Bali, but uh-huh. spicy food, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, great wellness drinks and tinctures. Um, so food is definitely very high up on the list. And then people usually spend some time at the beaches, whether it's Uluwatu or Seminyak, um, in those areas. But for me, it was really Uba. That was kind of my favorite part Sweet. of the island. Yes,
1: Sweet. You did mention transportation and infrastructure. What, it, what is the preferred means of getting from point A to point B to point C?
2: Uh, typically a car, you know, a car and driver, yeah. um, which are pretty available there. Okay. Um, usually people are kind of, you know, you'll be in, say you're in Ubud for the first couple of days you can walk around and bike around, for the most part, those areas. The hotels, all the resorts have their kind of internal transportation that they can help you get from place to place. But car and driver for getting elsewhere on the island.
1: Very good. All right, so you're, you're in this car wash in Chicago. How did you financially map out attacking Bali?
2: <laughs> well, I, for, I, as soon as I got back into my studio, I you know, Googling flights, looking at, you know, tickets, looking at times of year I wanted to be there. Um, and also we added on, you know, I also like to look what else is in the region that I can get to easily. Sometimes flights are actually cheaper if you're going through another major city and you can, you can lay over there or spend a couple of days there before going into Bali. So in this case, we went through Bangkok and we spent some time in Thailand first and then, and then went to Bali from there. And so that would be the first part of the budgeting. And the mm-hmm. second part is just looking at hotel and accommodation options. Hotels are kind of my downfall, as we've <laughs> talked about a lot on the show. I'm not a big shopper, but for what I don't spend shopping, I make up for in hotels and you know luxury experiences and dining. Um, and again, you have a huge range here in Bali. Um, I, I don't think your experience there is tied to staying at a luxury resort by any means. There are a lot of very reasonable budget accommodations as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you visited once, right? Yes. What, like, how would your traveling style be different today than that first visit?
2: That's a great question. I think um, it's probably changed a lot. It's, it's been a couple years since I've been there, and it's, I'm sure it's, you know, tourism has grown multiply. I think I would, I mean, the number one thing is spend more time there. I would do something a little bit more because I've already been there once and kind of scratched the surface. I would do something that's a little bit more engaged. Maybe it's a retreat or maybe it's like spending some type of program working with locals in some way. Something that's a little bit more engaged to people, to people there. Mm-hmm.
1: I know you sometimes like to take cooking classes. Yes. Were there any available in Bali for oh, you? Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. Amazing place to take cooking classes and a great way to learn about the cuisine and what's available Um, in, in the ones that I did, we went to the markets, we got all the ingredients and then we went back and we had this open air kitchen on the beach, which was absolutely stunning. A shaded open air kitchen overlooking the ocean, Mm -hmm. learning to cook. And you know, it was, it was one of those kind of cooking classes where you drink wine and the cook cooks. So it was perfect. Like you go to the markets, you see what's available and then you just, you kind of kick it up and relax. Mm -hmm. But I did actually take the recipes home and like, you know, recreate them. We have, lots of amazing Asian grocery stores here. And so Mm -hmm. it was fun. It was really fun taking that home and learning about all the ingredients and root vegetables and things that you've probably seen here but never known quite what they are. Yeah, amazing.
1: That's so cool to see, see those ingredients in their native environments.
2: Yes. Cool.
1: As a very experienced travel packer, can you tell me about What's in your suitcase? That one single carry-on suitcase that you're taking when you're going on this
2: trip? I can Bali. I love beach vacations because they're just—they're the easiest thing in the world to pack for, right? You have a—you have a couple bathing suits and sarongs, and it, it's very beach chic, very casual. There aren't many places you'll find yourself in Bali where you—you would, you would need to like dress up or dress differently. It, it's a very casual place, which makes packing for it pretty easy, and also you have access to laundry services at most hotels, most guest um, places that accommodate guests. So you can bring just what you need for a couple of days and have your things laundered. Um, you can also easily pick up, you know, extra sarongs, extra, you know, scarves and things in, in town. There's some pretty good boutiques. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I was looking. Um, if, you, if you do need to pick things up. Yeah. Um, any good souvenirs? Yes. Um, there's lots, in fact, a lot of people end up buying like crates and have them shipped Jeez. home. I know. <laughs> a lot of be- amazing, you know, interior design items, you mm-hmm. beautiful woodwork, beautiful carved pieces. It's kind of, I have to say with Bali, it's a slippery slope because once you start shopping, <laughs> once you start finding these things, jewelry, clothing, once you, once you kind of cross the line, you're, you're, you're in. But yeah, the home interior things, the um, artisan things that you can't find anywhere else in the world are pretty amazing.
1: Well, Bali sounds like an amazing destination. Thank you for sharing it with us. This is all the time we have for today, but please do tune in for the rest of the entire podcast series. We're off to a a wonderful start. And so please do join us next month for the next episode of Carry On Only. On only.
0: Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at Jillpater.